Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I'm flying solo. As we come to the end of the year and I suppose people start to to wind back a little bit and sometimes I suppose people can kind of go off the boil with their photography and a lot of other stuff happening but I thought I'd in this episode I'd talk about some ideas to throw around that maybe people could play with over the holiday period just to try something different and what I'm going to be talking about is what I call experimental photography. It's photography where you do some stuff completely different from your normal everyday photography you've been doing. So the idea is just to try different things, quirky things. The beauty about experimental photography is that, you know, some of it's going to work and some of it's not going to work. And it's but it's a fun learning process, just trying different techniques. And, you know, there's lots of different ones out there if you start researching what's available or what, you know, people consider to be uh, experimental photography and it's like I said it's usually like I said stuff outside the mainstream and like I said sometimes it involves some technical skills or putting bits and bobs together like making building a rig or doing some other type of thing to to um, help you achieve that end but the first one I thought I'd talk about is something called freelancing and freelancing is kind of a process where you detach the lens from the camera and you hold it so you actually allow a bit of light to leak in and it's definitely can create some different effects you know word of caution obviously you don't want to be doing this type of thing in a kind of a dirty dusty environment because potentially you know you're exposing your camera and sensor to the elements so that's just a kind of a bit of a a forewarning to think about but you know in a kind of clean studio situation if you wanted to experiment to get some different looks and if you I suppose google freelancing you'll see some images that people have taken with the lens basically roughly held in front of the camera you know off to the side a little bit creates a little bit of a distortion like I said let some light leak in and when done properly I mean it can actually achieve some you know very cool interesting results so I think it's definitely something people should if they haven't played with it just something you can definitely have a bit of an experimentation with just to see what what it looks like and what type of things you can achieve. Similarly, what some people have tried, you know, again, and it's kind of, I suppose, it's it's a bit of a variation on that theme, but is converting your mirrorless or DSLR camera to a pinhole camera. So, again, if you've got a spare body cap for your camera, there's plenty of stuff on the internet showing you how you can drill a hole in the middle of the body cap and usually get a piece of very, very thin metal, like from a, like from a soft drink can or something like that, and creating a pinhole um, in the middle of it, and then you know mounting that inside the inside your body cap, so that it allows this pinhole of light to hit the sensor. And again, it can create some again some very interesting effects, like shooting, you know, using that technique. So, and you can actually also buy like there's people who actually make lens caps to suit different brands of cameras that already have a, a pinhole been manufactured in them so just for you to experiment with and again like I said it's just something a little bit different that just to try outside your normal things obviously 
with both those techniques, you're going to be shooting pretty much, you know, it's going to be full manual because you're not going to have any feedback from the lens to tell you what's happening. So you're going to need to to experiment with the exposure times and ISOs and those types of things. Just remember, you know, if you get a very small pinhole, it's not letting a very much light in. So the exposure is probably going to be a longer exposure than normal. But again, it just gives you something to try that's a little bit different Something that, you know, you may not have experimented or played around with, but again, it's there's just a couple of thoughts there and a couple of ideas to go and investigate and, you know, think about doing something like that. So what other areas of, I suppose, and we'll keep with the front of the camera at the moment with the ideas, but I mean, there's lots of improvisation with filters. Like people do have filter sets and they have different filter sets and that type of stuff. But people do experiment with creating things in front of the camera you know, the old technique of, you know, smearing the front element with Vaseline to give a this kind of misty, hazy effect. Again, this is something, you know, if you've got a, just like a, a standard kind of filter that you put on the front of the camera to protect the front of the camera, you don't particularly feel like smearing your, you know, your expensive camera lens with uh, Vaseline or something, then just remember you can just, you know, use a filter on the front of it and then you can clean that filter afterwards. But you could try different techniques of, you know, putting, smearing some Vaseline and then maybe sprinkling some, you know, talcum powder or something else so that it creates even a more of an effect. Um, again, it's, again, it's just one of those things that can sometimes create something. And the other thing too is just taking everyday materials, like some people just take scrambled up plastic and shoot through the plastic or they take the coloured gels and they shoot for a piece of coloured gel to give it, you know, a, a really unusual colour cast to the image. And again, so you can experiment with, you know, what I'm going to call imp improvised filters for the front of the camera. So these are things that you can make to position in front of the camera, whether it be out of um, everyday materials, you know, things you might find that interesting. You might find a, a plastic cup or something and you might, you know, use a piece of that to shoot through or, you know, some for a glass jar or even positioning a mirror or something in front of the lens, again, to create an unusual image and again it's just about experimentation so and the great thing about I mean I did this when I was probably you know 16 17 I really loved my experimental photography and I and the problem was you know I could see it in the you know viewfinder of the effects but I didn't actually know how it was going to be committed to film until I actually got the images processed so quite often it was much harder to see the effects of those images because quite often I had to wait like I said until I got the images back and then I found that it didn't really work and I had to make some adjustments. We're very fortunate in the modern uh, digital age that we actually get instant feedback so we can actually see those images we're creating and we can obviously make changes to correct things that aren't working or try and make things work. So, you know, these are a couple of ideas of just trying different things in front of the lens. One of the other things you can do is take like a piece of um, black cardboard and cut it to fit. So you can, you can use your lens cap as a, as a template and then cut a piece of circular cardboard out, black, black cardboard, make it so it kind of clips into the where the lens cap would fit on your camera. And then out of that cardboard, like using a like an X-Acto knife or, a, you know, like a craft knife, sharp knife, you could cut different shapes. You could cut stars or you could cut, you know, moon shapes. You could cut letters and those types of things. And what you can do with that is by doing that and using a typically like a, a lens like something like a maybe using a nifty 50 1.8 shooting at a very shallow depth of field 
you can create these amazing bokeh effects with patterns and put, work really good with um, things like, you know, festive lights on trees and lights on buildings outside, that type of stuff. So you can create some different effects by just simply putting something over the front of the camera and then shooting, uh, playing around with the focus. And again, you can see the effect on the back of the camera pretty much straight away so you get an idea of what you're doing. So again, that's a another really simple experimental thing to do is, like I said, we just need some like, you know, craft black cardboard's ideal, just an X-Acto knife and cut out a piece of fit and it can make several different, try different combinations of cutting different shapes and in there and just seeing the effect of how they um, what they produce on the picture and again just remember you will be shooting it kind of out of focus so you'll be playing around with the focus and just you know as you put it on manual focus you can actually see the effect coming and going um, on on the back screen of your camera so there's an, you know, another thing we're still um, playing with the front of the lens of the camera just to try and create something different but again it it's creating a you know, unique looking image that, you know, a lot of people may not have seen something like that. So again, I've seen some very cool results done with that uh, technique. So that's something something else to play with. So the, the other thing too is using, I suppose, talking, using different type of mediums to shoot with and different things. You know, one of it, and it's, it, it does involve a bit more, I suppose, um, equipment, but most people, you know, some people will have access to getting hold of a, an old discarded speaker, like particularly the ones you want, is the ones that have the uh, polycarbonate cones. So sometimes the ones that are used in car stereos and those types of things will have a polycarbonate cone to be kind of waterproof. And what you can do with these speakers is, is if you take a speaker and you make a little mount for it, like a little wooden chassis type of thing to mount it on, and you get yourself access to a, a device that may be something, and again, this might be beyond some people, but... I've played around with this and I've used an old stereo amplifier and then I've used a, I've downloaded a frequency app on my iPad and then fed my iPad into the stereo amplifier and into the speaker and I could change the frequency so the speaker's oscillating at different different speeds and you can play around with it. And then I'd introduce things like, so I'd start to introduce things like, um, and I'd use Cordial because it's a very thick and colourful medium and you'd get these as you intensify the, the 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 sound and change the frequency you'd have these little I suppose like little um, monsters of cordial bouncing up and down that type of thing and and that's why you know we said about using a kind of waterproof speaker because if you use a kind of a paper cone speaker you'll destroy it pretty quickly it is a bit of a messy thing so you want to do it in an area where obviously you can easily clean up but I've experimented doing that with sound and and you know, creating some very cool effects. One of the other things which I've used which worked really cool was PVA glue. That's the white wood glue that you see people you know, use and it's used for craft and all that type of stuff. It's quite a thick glue. It's very white and again against the black speaker cone and you can get that to do all types of things when you oscillate it at different speeds. So again, it's just something, thinking outside the box, just doing something a little bit different to try and create a unique looking image. And like I said, you can um, do things. And I've even even mixed with the PVA glue. I've mixed, used food colouring. So I've used the food colouring to give it different colours as well. So again, these are things you can play with. I've also played with things like using flour and, and other powdered substances in the speaker cone because they'll dance around and vibrate and create little kind of um, dust storms. 
And again, and I tend to shoot these with a like a macro lens because you're kind of focusing in just on the speaker. And I just tend to, you know, pretty much light it with usually using one speed light, but you can use like a constant LED light source or whatever. And again, it just try just try different stuff. You can just try different stuff. You know, put rice on there. I've I've done hundreds and thousands, which were pretty cool. Again, you want that speaker that you can once you you know typically my, my my thoughts are if you're doing this and you want to try and do some dry stuff and then do some uh wet stuff like the glue and the the cordial and that type of stuff is is obviously do all your dry stuff first and then because obviously it can take a little bit of time for the speaker to dry out and you don't really want to have powder stuff there and moisture and it just makes a bigger mess but again you can just try that with a yeah, it's just another way of experimenting, another way with just doing something a little bit different with the using sound waves to create the different frequencies and vibrations to change the shape of things and then photograph that using a macro lens. So again, that's just something a little bit different. It's something I call, you know, I call it kind of experimental photography. And I think, like I said, there's so many other areas of photography that you can experiment with i mean mirrors always make for a cool effects as well in photography so using getting access to some just typically if you can get some if you can get access to some flat you know plastic acrylic type mirrors you can also get ones that are convexed and curved and that type of stuff which will distort stuff and again you can position mirrors around the, the camera lens or use it to bounce off and capture re- reflection and photograph the reflection where you can distort stuff like those um, PVC or you know, polycarbonate or whatever they're made of, those those acrylic-type mirrors, you can actually bend them slightly as well, so that'll distort the image, and you can bend it in, bend it out. And again, sometimes you might need to make a little rig or something to hold it on, or you might be able to just fashion up something that can you can temporarily put across it to, to change the shape of it. But again, sky's the limit of this stuff. There's really no limitation of the type of things that you can experiment with just to capture something different. And again, this is stuff that can be done typically in your home somewhere, you know, in the basement or in the garage or, or out the backyard, wherever. And, you know, you can just play it around with things. And I think, you know, it's always cool to like doing some of the experimental stuff is, um, you know, shooting liquids. And that's when dropping like, you know, um, so you've got a, if you've got yourself a nice big glass beaker, a nice clear glass jar or something and um, you fill it full of water and you position the camera put a light source there and then you drop in droplets of food coloring and capturing the way the food coloring kind of travels through the liquid creating these little patterns and when it mixes and then the other thing you can add in add a little bit of vibration and stir it a little bit as well and it can make some like really cool effects and similarly what you can do with that type of photography that experiment photography is is use the the medium to drop things in so i've done ones where i've dropped you know coins silver coins into the liquid and i've used um like speed light to to freeze the action and you've got the reflection of the light on the coin you've got all the bubbles and the turbulence in the water and again if you can time it right so that the coin is facing out and you can get some really cool pictures and i've done the same dropping things like strawberries and cherries and other items in there too just to give a a different type of effect and just think about it, there's really no limit to what you could try and again people you know i suppose one of the other areas of water you know water drop photography is kind of experimental photography as well because you can experiment with that but this is this is like i said another way of doing it where you can 
Uh, and one of the techniques that I was using is I made a little stand for a quite a large glass vase that was just um, uh, it wasn't a tapered one. It was just like a big giant oversized glass really. But I made a, a little stand that I could put my speed light underneath it, and, and so I could shoot the speed light up through the base of the gla- of this glass vase. So the light was coming from underneath, and again, when you're dropping items like strawberries and fruit and stuff and capturing it, it looks really cool because you've got this little pop of light that lights up the liquid and you've got all the swirls. Like I said, you can play around and throw some ice cubes in there. You can play around and throw some food colouring in there. Again, you can just let your mind go crazy. Like Again, it's, it's about experimenting and just having some fun, about just trying to create some different images. And the things you do, you do learn a lot of things about because a lot of things don't work. So you try it and it doesn't work and then you have to kind of problem solve why isn't it working? Why is I'm not getting what I'm kind of envisaging to get? And you can, like I said, play around and work out what it is you need to change about the setup or the shooting style that you're using to capture it. And again, it, it helps you to play around with things like high-speed sync on your on your camera using a flash. It's always handy to, if you're going to try and do some of this stuff, because you might be lighting it using a speed light. Sometimes like the camera, the flash needs to be off the camera in most cases. So you can either buy a, an extension cable where you can actually mount, have the hot shoe on the camera, but a curly cord that connects to the flash so you can have the flash away. Or the more expensive ones that have a wireless controller where you can wirelessly control the flash from the camera with either an add-on controller or with a built-in wireless transmitter that some cameras may have. Again, just sometimes it's worth investing in um, just having a couple of options where you can light it. And again, and you may not own those gear, but you may know somebody who has it where you can just borrow, you know, one of those items to just help, um, again, just help experiment and just have some fun basically with um, with your photography. It's just kind of, like I said, it's just getting out there, trying new things, just trying to create new looks, I suppose, about stuff and use your camera in a different way. So there's some of the ideas, I suppose, and, and look, there's... With experimental photography, there's lots of different ways. I mean, people do one of the other areas, I suppose, of it, you know, and this takes it to the next, you know, probably a bit more extreme level is people will modify their cameras um, for infrared capture. And again, infrared is a really cool way of doing some experimental photography. So some people have a an older body that they, they don't use these days and they can sometimes, I mean, you need to have a reasonable amount of skills if you're going to convert a camera to IR. Sometimes you'll find a camera um, repairer who will actually do that for you, who will actually remove the filters that need uh, removing it in front of the sensor to make it a, make it work in the IR spectrum. So, again, that's another interesting thing because back in the film day, a lot of people used to buy infrared film and used to go out and experiment shooting with uh, infrared just to get a completely different look. And so that can also be done in the digital age and like I said but cameras need to be typically modified for that process so again it's just something else you can play with one of the other areas of experimental photography is is light painting and light painting is fascinating because light painting you can create all these amazing effects pretty simply by using long very long uh, exposures and having you know moving colored lights around or creating patterns and those type of things on the image and again it's something you can play with I mean I've seen people set up rigs where they set up an old bicycle wheel and they get some little LED clip on little LED lights or they maybe set it up with some a whole bunch of um, Christmas lights you can buy Christmas lights that have a little battery pack and it's self-contained I've seen people kind of put that together 
and cable tie the um, the the cables and the lights onto the spokes of the wheel and mount again mount it on a on a frame of some description and then spin it and then take a photograph of it a long exposure photograph to basically catch all those light trails and then there's other things that people do is sometimes like while they're getting that exposure rather than keeping the wheel completely still they're actually moving the wheel upon its axis to again create this you know um, these weird patterns and again it, it's just something you can experiment with very simply like you don't need a lot of technical knowledge or you don't need a lot of equipment to do it and you know light painting again like I said it, it's another whole area where you can do a lot of experimental stuff and you know light painting of torches is, is always a lot of fun like painting objects and typically you need a very dark area because you're going to have a very long exposure but I have seen and, and I have done it myself where I've done light painting during the day in some areas where it's it's not super bright and I've used um, neutral density filters on the camera so I can get a longer exposure so I can um, mimic kind of I suppose a, a much darker area so think about that too that think about maybe using other things like neutral density filters in light painting as well in an area where you've got maybe more light background light than you want to control that so it might be in a park when there's street lights and the street lights are quite bright and by the time you do a 30 second exposure you know that parts of the images are really blowing out because time the shutter's been open so again and it's something you mightn't think about using but again it's you know if you've got access to neutral density filters there's an idea that you can put into play just to try and control the amount of light that's coming into the camera and again like i said there's lots of different and if you just google light light painting there's so many different people do it and some people have some really, really cool images that they've been able to create. And again, it's quite often some of those images are more kind of a static image or a still life type image that you can replicate at home. You don't, again, need a, a kind of a full-on blown studio. You don't need, you know, enormous um, props and that type of stuff, but you can play around with it. And if you, I suppose, if you, you know, really get into light painting and building rigs, you know, you can buy these days, you know, like I said, the battery-powered little Christmas lights. You can take, you know, uh, a, a length of uh, timber timber rod or timber, you know, flat timber section and mount a whole bunch of LED lights on it, mark the centre point, put a kind of a pivot point in there and a handle. Um, and again, so you can spin it. And again, at night time, with a long exposure, you can create these amazing kind of patterns and scenes and you can be moving that around in and out of the, taking it off of the different axes so it's kind of moving around and wobbling and you're creating these shapes and, and lights and that type of stuff. So that's something really easy to play with, to do. Like I said, you can typically, you know, go down to one of the kind of, uh, you know, $2 shops that sell the cheap kind of products that typically they have some of those little mini Christmas tree lights that I said just take a couple of batteries and that way you can have it all self-contained and um, basically just give it a bit of a different one. Some of the more, I suppose, experimental photography, which takes a bit more skill and a bit more planning, is some people, you know, play around with things like steel wheel spinning. And, you know, a word of caution, you know, it can be dangerous because you're actually working with uh, molten metal. So you've got to be really mindful of your surroundings if you're going to do it because obviously molten metal can um, produce a fire. It can also do some pretty, um, you know, horrific burns. So again... Those type of things are best done with someone who's maybe had some practice um, in doing it. And again, choosing the location is pretty critical that it needs to be somewhere safe. And you'll see that's why a lot of people choose to do it on a beach or something like that where there's sand and 
and water because there's uh, very little chance of flying molten metal, um, you know, catching on uh, fire to anything around those areas. So again, it's just something. But again, it can create some really different effects. But like I said, that one's probably a little bit more advanced. So as you as you kind of play around and, and look, people can do things like the steel wool spinning is think about if you just take your um, you know set of Christmas battery-powered Christmas lights and you were to hold the battery pack and then you were to spin the the actual string of lights, say it was a metre long or whatever it was, and you could do some orbs, you can move it through different shapes, again, using a long shutter speed. And those type of things you can do by yourself because you just simply need to put the camera on a tripod, typically work out, you know, put a wide-angle lens, work out where you need to stand, put some markers there so you can do it typically set your focus to manual um so work out what your focus needs to be then play around you know a lot of people have a remote trigger so you can trigger the camera remotely and again you know you can you can have a lot of fun just playing with everyday items but using them in a different way to do some experimental photography and i know look as people sometimes really get the bug when they start playing with light painting and doing that experimental stuff they really kind of start looking more and there is products out there that you can buy things like the pixel stick which i've got a pixel stick i bought one years ago i've loved that thing it's it allows you to do some amazing light painting but there's a number of different items on the market like that but then again i started off just making some items myself using leds and on poles and mounting them and doing different things and that kind of got me started and then as i wanted to do more with my light painting then obviously then i invested in more equipment and again it's about trying to find the things that you love doing um, sometimes people like I said it's better off to put your toe in the water and just try something and see if it's something that you like the results and you like the process and I think that's a part of the thing too is that some of these things like the experimental stuff sometimes it's handy to have a second pair of hands on board so sometimes if you've got a friend it's something that you can do together like to be able to experiment and try different techniques sometimes you need someone to hold something or sometimes you need someone to trigger the camera particularly if you're in the camera and say if you're swinging and doing an orb or something you know and you don't want to be kind of concentrating on trying to hit hit the trigger and then start doing the orb you can actually start the orb process in process and then have the person then um, push the shutter on the camera so you know then that you've got no kind of you know the, the the start of the picture is kind of already moving so that so the process is going to start on the frame exactly how you kind of intend it so you don't have to kind of worry about that so again that's again and it's a good time to to have a second person there to troubleshoot and come up with different ideas and play around and just see what you can do and like i said the the holiday season does give us time to sometimes like i said sit back and have a little bit of time to play and do some things that maybe we haven't done before. Just again, just try and think outside the square of what could I do with my camera? How can I create an image that is different to I normally shoot? So what can I, you know, what techniques can I do? And like I said, when you start kind of experimenting and and when you start Googling experimental photography, you'll actually find there's all these different um, other areas of photography that you can experiment with doing different, using different types of materials i mean i've seen some amazing shots of people doing experimental photography of crystals and lighting them with different light sources and producing these amazing images because um, the crystals are reacting to different wavelengths of light and again that's the other thing too you can play around with um, some of the commercially available filtering filter systems out there too to to do some stuff i mean in back in the i suppose the 35 mil 
days of camera, there was a lot of different, you know, there were starburst filters, there was all types of different filters that were made to give uh, a particular effect on a, on a camera. So some of those can be adapted and used on, and again, you can sometimes find those filter sets in places where like, you know, secondhand stores where someone's, you know, has passed away and they've had all this old camera gear that someone's donated and in the camera bag you'll find these whole bunch of filters and you can actually buy adapters for a lot of the lenses to to adapt um, different size filters so again you can or you can do a bit of MacGyver and just make something that fits and holds it you know on onto your particular camera lens so again it's just something like something to get you thinking outside the square something to think about a little bit different to use some of your time, I suppose, uh, productively in the holiday season and, again, just create some different stuff and trying to, I suppose, just learn a little bit more about photography and, and some of the techniques and how they react. So so this has been Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus discussing photography. hope this has got you thinking about maybe going out and having a bit of a crack and doing some more experimental stuff and just have a bit of fun with your camera and just see if you can create something different. Maybe you can come up with a technique that no one's thought to do yet that'd be really cool so enjoy yourself until next time we'll talk again soon see ya that's all for this episode this week thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app and social media sites remember photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn safe and happy shooting everyone (laughs) 